The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Well, ladies and gentlemen of Lakerland Hoop Ball Lakers show, we are back. JC Ethan. Finally, it feels like it's basketball season again because the draft is on the horizon. The draft is here, ladies and gentlemen. It snuck up on all of us, but there's plenty to discuss when it comes to improving the Los Angeles Lakers team. JC, it feels like the season ended a short time ago, but the reality is the Milwaukee Bucks are champions, and already we're gearing up for another run at this. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be another shortened offseason, although not quite as short as uh, the season before, which the Lakers won. Uh, so it's going to be good news for Milwaukee because maybe they won't be as shell-shocked by the time the playoff comes as the Lakers were this year. But, uh, yeah, things are slowly kind of maybe getting back to normal, hopefully, uh, as more people get vaccinated and things like that. So, uh, yeah, hopefully next season will be more regular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think we all hope so across not only basketball, but just life in general, right? And the Lakers finally have this offseason in which they can hopefully focus on getting healthy, getting their bodies right, really gearing up to make another run at this. Because obviously during the LeBron and AD window, the Lakers want to maximize everything they can, JC. And I mean, let's get right into it here. Everything that we've heard this offseason, I mean, the Lakers have been connected to the most ridiculous names, the pie in the sky options. We know, yes, Kawhi Leonard could be a free agent, but he could also miss all of next season. And yes, Damian Lillard might request a trade. But And yes, the Lakers could go after Bradley Beal if he wants out of Washington. But really what the Lakers have to offer outside of a sign-and-trade deal that involves Taylor Horton Tucker is Kyle Kuzma, Contavious Caldwell Pope and a pick, JC. It has basically become a running joke in the league. It's almost like Marshawn Brooks, Chris Humphreys, and a, and a pick back in the Nets' woeful era. So all these names being connected to the Lakers, JC, I'm curious what your take on it kind of is generally before we get into it specifically, and if any of these reports to you have any sustenance to them as the Lakers look to make some improvements here. Yeah, I mean, there, there are some where I think they they seem plausible and things like that, but uh, you know people have to remember they've got to check you know check their sources and check what it is that they're looking for. A lot of I've seen a lot of memes where people are produce or uh, you know saying the Lakers c- should you know give consecutive first round picks and things like that, and that's obviously against the rules. And so whoever posted that didn't know that part of the rule. And so yeah, a lot of these trades are really ridiculous. You just kind of have to look at where they're coming from. If it's somebody who's 
got a legitimate Twitter account with a lot of followers or somebody who's just got 10 followers and is trying to make a name for themselves. Um, yeah, it's most, most, most of them are going to be ridiculous propositions and yeah, we've got to, you know, parse them out from the ridiculous to the more plausible. I mean, of everything that we've sort of heard, JC, yes, of course, Damian Lillard would be a dream fit on this team, much like he would be on almost any team in this league. And yes, Bradley Beal could be an absolutely magnificent fit to this Lakers squad, a team that desperately needs some improved outside shooting. But JC, of all the names connected to this club recently, there's one that comes back and it's and they've kind of been kicked around before. It feels plausible enough. And here we are again looking at some sort of Kyle Kuzma and Buddy Heald swap when it comes to the Kings and the Lakers. And JC, this feels like one of those trades that could actually be beneficial for both teams and for both players involved. But Heald is making a lot of money. And I don't know that Buddy Heald makes the difference on this team. I don't know that the Lakers even need a difference maker to sort of cement this piece around LeBron and AD. But if Buddy Heald is a realistic name, and I ask you that question if he is, and if so, what could he do for this Lakers team? Well, I think there are a lot of times in which Kyle Kuzma's role this past season turned into him needing to be a more efficient shot maker. And so in that sense, yeah, Buddy Heald is going to be a more positive addition to this team than, than what Kyle Kuzma produced. So will have a more defined role than Kyle did. He's obviously Buddy Hill's obviously not going to get as many rebounds or anything like that as Kyle was doing and won't be the same defensive presence, but I think he'll be a much needed upgrade offensively. I mean, I don't think there's any question about that. The guy can definitely score the basketball and more importantly for this team can shoot the basketball. That said, JC, in 21-22, he's slated to make $22.5 million. The year after that, he's slated to make $20 million. I mean, this guy isn't someone who's going to come cheaply, especially if the report is to believe that Montrez Harrell may or may not have to be in this deal. And, of course, that would be contingent upon him picking up his player option, which is no lock to do. Although for him, if it's about the money, I don't see him getting more than almost $10 million on the open market after the season he had. Despite the ups, he ended once again on a down. So, JC... When it comes to what percentage you'd put at this in terms of a Kuzma for Heels, some sort of construct of that swap, what percentage are you at in terms of you think this this thing could actually happen? Uh, maybe like like 70. All right. So, I mean, so that sounds like you're pretty confident in this deal. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, 
all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, it seems like one of the more plausible, um, you know, scenarios out there. Now, I'm inclined to agree, and I and, and I think that the Lakers and Rob Palenka are, of course, doing their do, due diligence in this entire process of how to improve the team because we know the Western Conference is stacked. It's only going to get better, especially with the return of a what we hope is a healthy Clay Thompson to the Golden State Warriors to complement Steph Curry and their attack in the Bay Area. So, JC, as the Lakers look around the league and sort of canvas what their opportunities are, we've even heard them connected to names such as Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook. It's hard to imagine Chris Paul leaving the Sun despite the fact that the Suns ultimately came up short. Of course, Giannis is 50-piece 50, 50 to cement a championship for the Bucks. Shout out to Drew Holiday, by the way. Campbell Hall pride on that one. So happy for that, man. But as the Lakers look to improve their team, JC, I feel like they're going to turn over every leaf. And, you know, a couple of names we heard them connected to earlier in the offseason were both Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. We've also heard Spencer Dinwiddie's name enter that mix. I like Spencer Dinwiddie as a potential uh, option at point guard if the club does decide to move away from Dennis Schroeder, if that's a possibility. That said, JC, I'm also intrigued by the potential DeMar DeRozan fit here. Because even though he's not a shooter, he is a playmaker at this stage of his career. It's something he's really worked on. And I wonder if a homecoming could really benefit both sides. And if the heel trade were to happen, are the Lakers still in that marketplace? Or are they looking for more, shall we say, complementary players at that point? Um, I mean, if, if if the heel trade does happen and it does sound like DeMar DeRozan is willing to sort of take a pay cut from what he's been used to the rest of his career... Yeah, I think it would work great. The last time we recorded, uh, we talked a little bit about how it, you know, it seems as though at least come playoff time, there's not as much a reliance on the three-point shot. And even in the last maybe year or so, like we reached a peak with what the Warriors were doing and what the Rockets were trying to do, launching so many threes and record numbers of threes, and we might be starting to see a regression to the to the mid-range meme mean. And if the mid-range is coming back. Yeah, DeMar DeRozan is a guy is is exactly the kind of guy that you want. I'm I'm also intrigued from the nostalgia standpoint, right? The guys from Compton, obviously Los Angeles is sort of the backyard. Playing for the Lakers is going to mean something to him. Yada yada yada. We've heard this story before. Not to downplay it, but just to really say that you know players carry a certain weight with them, no matter where they're from. It means something to wear that hometown uniform. Uh, of course, you know you have to be paid 
accordingly with, you know, what the market value might be. And we don't have to get into all of that right now. But DeMar DeRozan is a name I potentially like for this team. The Dennis Schroeder situation, JC, is getting kind of weird, for lack of a better word, in my opinion. At one point, it felt like, especially when the season began, the Lakers had found this point guard who could play with LeBron, who could shoot it from the outside, who was a good high screen and roll guy for AD, and it was really looking promising. By the end of the year, and I know he he went on the COVID list a couple of times throughout the season, but by the end of the year, JC, it just didn't seem like Dennis Schroeder had the same synergy with this team. He's already declined, if, if you're going to believe what Windhorse first said, and then Woj has sort of reiterated, at least on TV, not in print, which I just find fascinating, that Dennis Schroeder turned down four years and $84 million. If you're the Lakers front office, are you really sitting there right now saying, well, we have to pay this guy more than $20 million a year. We won't survive without him. Because to me, I feel like that's a really difficult stance to take. Yeah, I agree. I think with, with you know, even looking at the Buddy Hill thing and how much money he makes, I think the Lakers are in a position where, you know, they've already offered 20 plus million per year for a point guard in Dennis Schroeder. And at this point, and you and I even talked about it during the season where it seemed like compared to the championship season, it seemed like the chemistry was off. Like something just didn't really feel yeah, right. Yeah, man. Yeah. Despite the fact that they were playing well, just something there, some piece didn't seem to fit. And you're starting to hear stories now about how the piece that didn't fit was Schroeder. He didn't seem to get along very well with Kyle Kuzma, which probably explains why he didn't play as much with the second unit, even though that probably would have been a better fit for him. Uh, at this point, yeah, it does seem like, Dennis Schroeder is gone, and and yeah, like I said earlier, if the Lakers were already in, a, if they find themselves in a position where they're going to pay twenty million for a point guard anyway, they might as well find a different point guard. Is Kyle Lowry a realistic option for this team? And I know everything is so contingent on whether or not that Buddy Heald for Kyle Kuzma swap were to happen, because obviously you're taking in more money there. You still have to re-sign THT. You still have to re-sign Caruso. I don't think either of those guys or players Lakers want to see play for another team. And we'll get into them in just a couple of minutes. But at a certain point, JC, you kind of have to decide on the direction of this team. So do you expect the Lakers to come out and sort of be aggressive? Or do you think they'll sort of slow play their hand and try to take advantage of, of optionality, shall we say? I think they'll take a look at optionality. Um, a few months ago, I kind of had played with the idea in my head of of Kyle, of Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan coming here. I've been on the DeMar thing for a year. You know this. I've been saying it seems right. like he wants to play here. Play here. Um, Kyle Lowry, it does seem like he, he wants his final big payday for, for his career. And so at his age... You know, comparing him and Chris Paul, they're they're both relatively the same age, but Chris Paul sort of transformed his body, and he doesn't seem to have as many injury issues, and you don't really see that out of Kyle Lowry, and so I don't, I don't trust him long term as much as I would trust a, a Chris Paul. Um, but yeah. I mean, I think it's nice to see Kyle Lowry and Demar come to the Lakers because they both obviously have that familiarity with each other, and yeah, it'd make a nice big four. <laughs> it, it would certainly be an interesting scenario if something like that were to happen now. You know, talking about Kyle Lowry, it seems like, and this is another guy, ironically, the Lakers have been connected to, it seems like with that trade that New Orleans just executed, sending Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams to Memphis. By the way, talk about two players who are just like destined to be Grizzlies, grit and grind, Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams, in particular, Steven Adams. 
I know Chris Haynes reports that Eric Bledsoe is not expected to stick in Memphis, so that's a whole other scenario. But I'm not that interested in Bledsoe, f- frankly, because he can't shoot. So I love his athleticism, but I don't think he's he's the target for the Lakers. That said, it seems like New Orleans might be gearing up for a potential run at Kyle Lowry here. We heard sort of those rumors starting, and then after the trade, you know, really people pouring gas on it, basically. So if that were to happen, Lonzo Ball's name becomes an interesting one, right? Is that a name the Lakers should be interested in? And if so, JC, is there a path back? Like, are you at all interested in that? Because I know the LeBron-Lonzo connection has sort of been there for a few years now, too. And it seems like that conversation is at least catching a few embers of the fire, if not running fully ablaze. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in it. Um, You know, we saw the one season of, of Lonzo and LeBron together. That seemed to work out pretty well. And Lonzo did improve you know, enough in New Orleans to where now he's, you know, he's definitely not an upper tier three-point shooter, but he's not a bad three-point shooter either. He's still an iffy free free throw shooter, which is weird to me. But, uh, and, but yeah, defensively, he's getting a little bit better. And I think he's, he might be thinking he's wanting a contract in the upper twenties. I think Lonzo is probably more of a lower twenties mid guy as far as million dollars in his career. And, and yeah, if, if he's if his number is that lowers twen- lower 20s, then that's kind of what they offered to Dennis Schroeder already. And so, yeah, why not bring Lonzo back? I was just going to say the same thing. Like, if my options are paying Dennis Schroeder four years and $80 million or Lonzo Ball four years and $90 million, give me Lonzo Ball. And it's not, it's not even a conversation. It's not even like I, I spent two seconds on that decision. Looking at what, what Lonzo was able to do in New Orleans, you know, his shot overall from the field hasn't really improved. But that's not so much what I care about or anyone should care about. It's his three-point shot that's taken a step forward. He's now shot better than 37% in back-to-back seasons with New Orleans. The encouraging thing that you like from Lonzo this past year is that he had a career-high 78.1% from the foul line. Now, you're talking about a guy who had never cracked 60% as a point guard prior to that. So that's a major improvement. And if he can continue that along with the defense, along with, you know, sort of facilitating the offense, keeping the turnovers down, then you have a player who's really interesting, especially because he's long and he's lanky and he allows the Lakers to sometimes play those sort of weird uh, matchup combinations that they like to do and not be uh, a liability on the defensive end because he's 6'6", you know, 200, 210 pounds now, something around there. And so that's an interesting consideration. There are so many different ways the Lakers could potentially move. And that's why I feel like despite the fact that the Buddy Heald connection makes so much sense, that like you, the Lakers will take their time. For me, JC, I feel like both teams in terms of Sacramento and the Lakers know that that trade will be there and available to them. And I don't think Sacramento is necessarily anticipating somebody coming in and knocking their socks off for Buddy Heald either, right? Like Kyle Kuzma is obviously, you know, sort of out of sorts in in Lakerland right now and, and out of favor. But this is a guy who we've seen produce before. It's not like they're trading him some scrub player. That said, as a Laker fan, I feel like this team would be getting the better end of that deal because of what it means for the actual team. Yeah, I agree. I think with the, with the Kyle Kuzma, Buddy Heald thing, I think there's not as much urgency on that because I think the Lakers are in a position to where what's the best we can get for Kyle Kuzma. And I think the best they can get for Kyle Kuzma is Buddy Heald. And so I think that offers on the table, table whenever, not, not anytime soon. It's like when you're in one of those fantasy leagues 
and you have that trade that's just staring you in the face and you can't decide, eh, do I love it? Do I want to do it? If I trade this guy, will he burn me in the future? You sit on it for like two weeks. You finally make the trade. First week goes really well. Second week goes really poorly. And then it's just sort of even from there, right? It sort of, sort of feels like one of those deals that can happen at any time. So I'm inclined to agree with you there. As the Lakers move forward here, JC, I mean, we talked toward the end of the season about what the Lakers need. You know, I talked about, well, they need another playmaker, they need another interior defender, and they need shooting. Is there a player that's available to them who can fulfill all three of those things? I don't believe so, because you're talking about sort of a unicorn inside. The Lakers would have to get incredibly creative on the trade market to even entertain such an idea. And I'm not sure that player even exists in terms of their exact construct. So I need to see some improvement to the backcourt, JC. But like I talked about earlier, I want to bring up the futures of Alex Caruso and Taylor Horton Tucker, both of these guys staring free agency in the face. And I think, like I said, the Lakers want both of these guys back. If you're the Lakers, how much are you willing to pay each one of these guys? Because for me, JC, let's start with Caruso. It's not out of this world to say, well, Caruso could get a four-year deal for $35 million, maybe even more from a certain team. Are the Lakers going to pay Alex Caruso almost $10 million a year to remain in L.A.? I mean, if the price is 10 I think I think yes. Caruso is an interesting player because I, I just think you, you take him out of the environment, you make LeBron not his teammate anymore – Put him in Cleveland. He's going to be a shell of himself, and he's people are going to wonder why. Yeah, what? yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and then look, that's and, and and it's not to ding Caruso. I don't mean or Delhi by that matter. Honestly, it's just a matter of like you said, the construct is such that it's really benefited Caruso. The thing you worry about with Caruso. <clears throat> this particular season is that his shooting was just absolutely in the toilet. I mean, in the bubble, Caruso was on fire from three and really all year. He was a 40% shooter from downtown. Now, that certainly looks like an outlier, but last year he was below 30% and he wasn't even at 40% overall from the field. So that's very concerning. But I feel like that's just a product of, you know, him not really getting after it. Oh, I'm sorry. I was reading his postseason stats. That's what happens when you got too many lines of data in front of you. So during the regular season, JC, he was fine. He was 40% from three. He was really hitting it earlier in the season, right? Yeah. But the playoffs are really where, where he struggled. And I think the entire Lakers team struggled. To me, four and 40 million, I'm bringing Caruso back to this team. That's, that's really, that's a deal I'll do all day, even if it pushes some tax boundaries, whatever it entails. But if a team comes out and says, hey, we're going to pay Alex Caruso four years and 54 million. Now you've got a more interesting decision because if I'm Caruso's agent, I'm not saying he's Luke Kennard, but I look at Luke Kennard signing for four years and $64 million with the Clippers after they traded for him, and I say, well, if Kennard's getting $16 million, Caruso's got to be at least three-quarters of that, right? Yeah. So 48 to $54 million, are you still bringing Caruso back to L.A.? I mean, that, that might be kind of where you'd have to, some hard decisions to make and probably would maybe let him go. And it's kind of where I think you'd find yourself in a position where we talked about Eric Bledsoe. Um, he's, you know, he's somebody who, you know, he's a LeBron guy. He's he's sort of been friends with him for a while. He's two-time all-defensive team, uh, but you can't have two two guards that can't shoot. And so if you come into a position where, uh, you know, you'd have Caruso or Bledsoe, if Caruso's number is $54 million, you'd have to take the lower number and what's probably going to be Bledsoe's number. Caruso is a wonderful player. I love that he came up through the G League. I want him to stay on the Lakers. But if the difference, like you said, is $54 million versus $3 million for Bledsoe, then I think the Lakers have to face some, some harsh realities here. 
But I hope Caruso stays. Don't get me wrong. I'm not rooting for that outcome. I want him to get paid. I hope the Lakers and Caruso can find middle ground. I think, like we've said, it benefits both parties. So hopefully they bring it together. Lakers and Caruso remain together three years, $28 million. That's my prediction. Okay, you heard it here first. Three years, $28 million. Caruso stays with the Lakers. Let's move on to Taylor Horton Tucker, JC. Taylor Horton Tucker obviously was up and down, to say the least, last season. He showed signs of brilliant potential. He showed moments where it looked like he should have no business being on the court. That's a lot to take in in a player's second year, especially given that the Lakers asked him to play sort of multiple roles on this team throughout the season. So you look at THT, he's obviously still incredibly young. He's a freak athlete. You stole him in the second round. You want to invest in the player, but the Lakers are not a player development team, right? Mm-hmm. Taylor Horton Tucker, to me, there's a team that might be willing to pay him 12 to $15 million a year to take a chance at a chance. A team that can't, take, uh, can't get a free agent to take its cap money. A team that needs to take a gamble into the future. And if that scenario presents itself, JC, Taylor Horton Tucker signs a four-year, $54 million offer sheet. Can Lakers afford to pay him that much money? I think it depends on how they may want to develop him. Like, I, I think the Lakers do kind of have to take stock in – they may not think of themselves as, as a team that develops young players, but – I mean, of the past few years, look at Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball, Julius Randle. Oh, my Randall. God, the Lakers have drafted incredibly over the last few years. Yeah, yeah. And so, I, I, yeah, they've drafted incredibly well. And so I think they've, they've let a lot of gold go. And so I think if they want to hold on to him, they can. And that's kind of why I think if they want to mold him into a point guard, as much as we would like Lonzo Ball to come back, then I think – it is worth investing maybe in a Kyle Lowry if you want to develop Taylor Horton Tucker into a point guard of the future. Let him learn from a vet like Kyle Lowry. I don't think he's going to learn as much from Lonzo Ball. I mean, it's just it's it's actually incredible how many different pathways the Lakers could potentially take here. Really thinking about what this team could look like again next season, undergoing significant change. There's a scenario where there's no Kuzma, no Trez. No Caruso, no THT, no Wes Matthews, right? That that scenario exists, and I know that's not the the key players. No Schroeder, by the way, and I know those aren't LeBron and AD, but that is, again, a lot of potential change around LeBron and AD. Right now, the Lakers are looking at KCP, they're looking at LeBron, they're looking at AD and Marcus Gasol. That's pretty much it right now in terms of known entities for this team, right? Mm-hmm. there's a lot of wiggle room for this club to go in a lot of different directions. So I talked to one of our summer school teachers on his way out today. It was his final day teaching. And he said, you know, he's a big basketball fan. And, you know, we were talking about the USA-Iran uh, game. And he said, he said, I told you it was going to be a smackdown, right? Of course, that's his team. And so we talk, and he's a Hawks fan. But he, he asked me, he said, you know, do you think the Lakers can get back to the finals next year? And I said, it's just such a hard question to answer at this point because I'm never going to bet against AD and LeBron if they're healthy against anyone, even though I know LeBron will be another year older and both of the guys are coming off of a season in which they dealt with injuries. I'm not going to bet against that duo until they've given me, re- me reason not to, and they haven't. 
But, man, I have no idea what's going to be around those two guys next year. Yeah, it's um, – yeah, for as as weak as some people have said this free agent class is, yeah, there's there's so many options. Um, there's, there's one other, like, Kyle Kuzma possibility that I've seen bandied about that seems like it could be plausible, but it seems as though the Lakers do want to invest more in a point guard rather than a big – but I have seen like Kyle Kuzma and maybe one of the piece for Miles Turner, which I think is interesting. Uh, and I think if they're going to invest highly in a center, I think that's the kind of center they would want to invest in. But otherwise, I do think they should spend low at at the, at the five and go after like a Nerlens Noel or um, um, you know other center like that. Listen, man, you don't have to convince me on Miles Turner. I, I might be one of the biggest non-Pacers Miles Turner fans that exists. Okay, I, I I love his game, and and Sabonis's arrival with the Pacers really changed his role, and I think it messed with him in a lot of ways. And I don't I don't blame the Pacers. I don't blame Sabonis. Obviously, very good player and an organization that's you know at least in theory on the rise. But I think Turner's a hell of a player, man. When Danny Ainge could have gotten Gordon Hayward out of there. And could have gotten Miles Turner into there. I thought that was a missed opportunity for Boston. I yeah. know they got Robert Williams and now they got Moses Brown over there as well. But I thought that was a missed opportunity. And so if Miles Turner could come to L.A., that is exactly the kind of center that I'd be interested in investing in. But outside of that, I totally agree with you. Because even though the Lakers have some pieces in the backcourt, assuming at least one of Caruso or THC resigns and KCP stays, the team needs help there too. And to me, the backcourt is is just a little bit more of a priority in terms of allocating assets than inside because you can find interior defense on the cheap with a Nerlens Noel type like you mentioned. Yeah. So it's, it's so fascinating to see just all of the different directions this Lakers team could go over the next several weeks. Obviously, it starts with the draft, JC. So we'll kind of wrap up this episode in talking about the draft. Do you expect the Lakers to be active on draft night? Do you expect the Lakers to actually make a pick that sticks with them? Do you expect anything at all? Or do you think it's just going to be dependent upon what sort of falls into their lap? Yeah, I think it's going to be whatever kind of falls into their lap. I've, I've seen some speculation that they might try to move up in the draft. And that just seems like a waste because, you know, especially, you know, LeBron's not as invested in younger players anyway. So what are you moving moving up in the draft for? What are you getting? What are you giving up? It doesn't seem like it works. Uh, I could see them trading down to maybe save some money somewhere, but yeah, even though it's a late first round pick, it does seem like it does have some value this season. And so I could see them trading the pick for, another player but i don't really see them going up um but possibly down yeah i don't think that the move up makes any kind of sense i hate to i hate to hedge but it wouldn't surprise me to see the lakers trade it wouldn't surprise me to see the lakers make a pick it wouldn't surprise me to see the lakers sit very silently and just sort of defer the decision down the road because at this point there is just so much unknown with this club i think if if they're in position to make a move they will make a move, right? If there's something that they feel like they cannot pass on that will not be available to them after draft night, then I think it makes sense. I mean, it has to make sense, right? But for me, that thing has to be almost so obvious that it's hard to imagine something like that could really present itself. 
Yeah, I think tomorrow, if any speculation, is going to be all about what does or doesn't happen with Ben Simmons. I agree with that. I'm very curious to see what happens with Ben Simmons. I am. I, where do you think he'll go before we talk about the Lakers? By the way, the Lakers are picking 22nd overall, in case anyone was unaware of that. 22nd overall, sandwiched in between the Knicks and the Rockets. Ben Simmons plays for what team next season, JC? Because it's not going to be the Sixers. Yeah. Um, man, it's hard to really see. Um I mean, I've seen speculation of where he could fit. With, I mean, we've talked. I've talked about how he could fit with San Antonio and Popovich because Popovich has sort of embraced his his no shooting style. Um, but I mean, yeah, considering what the Sixers the, the Sixers want another All Star, and thinking about players who've been All Stars and like what teams would want to give them up, like if it, like if Portland were to give up Damian Lillard for who's one of the greatest shooters ever for Ben Simmons, that's just going to be such a downer. For the fans of Portland, I I can if Neil O'Shea wants to keep his job, I cannot imagine that that happening. Yeah, and so it's just hard to really see where where he could fit. I mean, I like the San Antonio fit because of course Popovich. Let me throw sort of a weird option at you for for Mr. Simmons. Do you think Boston would take a chance? I was just trying to think to yeah think about that like. Um, Brett Stevens does seem to to be very very different philosophically than Danny Ainge, and at least more willing to to pull the trigger. And so, yeah, maybe. I mean, as much money as Boston spent on Kemba Walker, Brett Stevens pretty quickly traded him away. So, yeah, yeah. That could that could be an interesting fit. I'll throw I'll throw one more potential at you. Although you know, it's been reported that the Jazz are expected to re-sign Mike Conley. What about Utah? Uh, I think Utah would be interesting. Uh, Mike Conley, not a lights-out shooter by any means, and so it would certainly give uh, Donovan Mitchell more room to work off the ball. Uh, Same for Rudy Gobert. Uh, Yeah, I think that'd be interesting, too. So we shall see what happens in the Ben Simmons train. But right now it's all about the Lakers and how this team takes shape over the next several weeks as we get back into summer league back into the preseason and back into another nba season jc we're going to try to do it more regularly because we've got a whole lot more to discuss which means you guys have to make sure you are following us on twitter you can find jc at jc deleon one you can find me at ethan underscore noroff and of course you can find our show at hoopball lakers jc bold prediction for for the thursday nba 2021 draft yours is could be for any team any sort of transaction, what goes down? Uh, Rockets managed to trade up to uh, number one. Rockets managed to trade up to number one and probably take Cade Cunningham. My bold prediction, Ben Simmons gets traded on draft night. <laughs> it's the Hoopball Lakers show with Ethan and JC. We appreciate you listening. Until next time, we out. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.